When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Morning, everyone. This is the Sporting Goss for this Thursday. It is wet, it is bleak, it is blustery, and Adam Gilchrist says uh, the earth is about to end. When he came in, he said it was dark as dark as a dog's guts out there. Three past 10, 13 degrees, heading for the top of just 15. Plenty of rain and wind around, but it is slowly going to fine up for the weekend. Waffle final Saturday and Sunday. And also down south, the Southwest Footy League grand final between Bustleton and Augusta, Augusta Margaret River. Now, I'm led to believe Gary Lyon, Kane Corns, and our beloved leader, Craig Hutchison, down there with the clients this morning at the SEN Spirit Club, which is fantastic. All our wonderful supporters down there. And they went down by a chopper. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just like to clarify that Gilly and I drove down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Chris. Good morning. Producer to the star. Chris Clafunas is That's Hutchie. That's the boss, big boss taking a chopper, though. To be fair, right? Okay, and so he's not over here normally when you guys went down there. So Gary had so a... So they just hitched a ride, basically. Don't, don't, don't play company guy to me. <laughs> Good morning, Hutchie. I'm only talking because Gilly was the one that came in and said, I can't believe... God, they didn't get me a chopper. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I couldn't believe it when he said that. He was so angry this Ropeable. morning. Oh, he said, look out for the, the next three-year deal. I'm going to have chopper rides down to the southwest more often. Put it in the contract. Anyway, uh, good luck to the boys down there and who'd want to be in a chopper anyway. Uh, this yeah. time of day to Gaddy, to Kane and all of our team down there uh, and, and plenty of others have driven down to, to get down there to the SN Spirit Club. If you've uh, had your morning uh, breakfast and whatever you've had, uh, hopefully it was a successful one. Uh, as I mentioned, Chris Clafoon, a sporting uh, producer to the star. And then tomorrow we throw an S on the end when Gilly comes in for Gilly and Goss. What have you got for us? Uh, well, you said he's in here today, so surely it stars today. Yeah, we're well, going right? to get him in. Yeah. Because we, we had a 10-minute hole of um, empty air and um, he put his hand up. He said, I'll come in. Yeah. I'll talk sport. It's great, isn't it? Ah, oh, it's fantastic. Brilliant. So we're going to have Gilly in studio at around 20 past 11 today, which is... Which is awesome. Uh, add some comments about Pat Cummins yesterday on Waitley, so we might go into depth a bit more about... Why is it that he who... always talks the big topics? Yeah. Could ask the right questions, Goss. But he... <laughs> he co-hosts the show. You should bring it up. You're right. I'm with you. Come on. So he, so he, he gives all this news-breaking stuff, headline-making stuff with all the other shows. Unbelievable. Matty White, Jared Waitley, Kane Corns. We get nothing. Heels and, and we get... Diddly squat nothing. He just plays a straight bat. <laughs> what else we got coming up? Jai Richardson, speaking yes. of cricket. Love Jai, one of my favourite players yep. in uh, in world cricket at the moment. So yep. the West Aussie quick, he'll have a chat to us a little bit later on. Yep. Jared Schofield. Schofield. New West Coast Eagles assistant coach. He wasn't there formerly last night. At Port Adelaide. 
No. Well, I think he's still in Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, so that would be difficult for him to get to the... Well, you can get in and out. There's planes. You can go to Perth uh, and Adelaide. Australia. Is that, is that no quarantine? No quarantine, South mate. Australia. No, we shouldn't let any South Australians in anyway. But the no. ones we do let in can get straight in. Oh, there you go. Anyway, so last night was the West Coast Eagles, John Moore's fault. He should, he should have been here. Yeah, how was that? You hosted that? Yeah, no, I was good. You were very good. <laughs> Who won? Doesn't matter. No, it's all about Goss. Just follow the script, mate. Hey, wait till you hear Nick Nat's uh, victory speech. Very, very funny. Jack Redden, mm. who finished fourth, yeah. made his speech and didn't miss anyone. No. He, he thanked everyone who was anyone. And Nick said, wow, the way that he gave his speech, it was almost like he won the John Morsefold medal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he, he, gave, he cracked him. It was very funny. You'll hear that in a moment. I was looking at the lengths of each speech uh, on the West Coast Eagles website. I think Gaff went for 54 seconds. <laughs> Redden went for the longest by far for about four minutes. Mm. Nick now went for a couple. So, yeah, we'll hear from Nick. Well, she went for a while too, but he wasn't there. He was in hospital. Oh, of course, yes. Uh, Tom Randall talking motorsport. Our man from Tickford Racing. Didn't have the best night in the E-Series last night. I'm sure we'll uh, touch on that with Tommy when he comes on. We'll find some winners with Riley Morgan as well. Yes, Belmont. Belmont. Bit of uh, racing up northern Northern today. Well. Avon up there. A bit wet, though. Going to be wet up there today, but uh, tree drive safely if you are heading up there. Uh, it's a big show. Yeah, no, it is a very big show. Always is uh, on a Thursday. Um, in fact, uh, it's, been, it's been a really, really good week um, for the team. You and me. Yeah, I've been really good. You, you can get out there and talk to the rest of the team of how well we've gone. Hello? Have they gone all down with Hutchie and... Oh, everyone's gone. Cornsy and Gaz. Yeah, we yeah, didn't get an invite. We're running the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and interesting enough... Yeah. Uh, our man, Paddo. Yeah. He's not pushing He's not here either. He's not, pushing, he's not pushing the buttons. But sound effect guy today, and button pusher, is Dave, right? Mm, pressure's on. Yeah, nah, he's a good operator. He's a good, solid operator. Now, Paddo, as we know... Probably took four or five months to relax and sort of get with the program and, and basically wake up. Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden now he just hits any random button at his own leisure. Yeah, I think it's accidental all the time. He's just kind of <laughs> resting his arm on it. it. Yeah. So I'm going to put Dave under the pump. Now, Dave's got the button bar there for sporting goss. Yeah. So we're going to put him under the pump with a couple of little things. So right. if um, if we break news here, yeah, we have a breaking news theme. Yeah. Right. I wonder if Dave can hit, and he doesn't know this is coming. No. Breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) There is a breaking news button there somewhere, Dave. But anyway, okay, fail. Yeah, that's That's a a fail. None from one. None from one. All righty. What about if uh, we give away some Gage Roads beer? He, Paddo, normally hits the button for beer. No, you no, don't, that's, no, that's no, not a no, beer sting. That's not a beer sting. <laughs> no, 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 Dave, that's not a beer hey, he's got it. 0.5 from two. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight, $8 million Ooh. up for grab with Powerball Goss Lotto tonight. So we're going for some money. Come on, Dave. Here comes the money. Here we go. Here we go. $8 million, and I've got the ticket right here. There it is. Oh, yeah. So you can call out the numbers that we have got in our Powerball draw 
tonight. This is Goss Lotto, and the numbers are. Okay, have your pens ready. Yeah, I'm pen. not reading this again. One four six eight fifteen twenty one twenty four and one and twenty are the thumps. One four six eight fifteen twenty one twenty four. Yeah, very good. And the subs were one dash twenty. One dash. No, that's Powerball. Oh, is that the Powerball? I don't know how this what works. I don't play Lotto. Give me the Powerball. There you go. So, Powerball is any number. Oh, any, oh, any number what, between one, 1 and 20. Correct, because Powerball is any number. 1, 4, 6, 8, 15, 21, 24, and we've got the guaranteed Powerball. How do they enter? They enter by texting us where they're listening from. And the number is? 0487 736 736. Who are you? Where are you listening? Cost you nothing to play. Anything more than $500, we divide it amongst the great unwashed. Anything less goes to our Ronald McDonald charity, of course, of which Gilly is the patron saint of the charity. 0487 736 736. That is the number if you want to be in the syndicate. And what happens, Dave, is they normally fade the music out now because we've just He's good. He's very good. He's very good. See you later, Pato. Yeah. <laughs> Never, Never take, take a, a day, day off. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Natanui last night went back-to-back in the John Walsfold medal, and this was his medal speech. And let me tell you, have a listen to the opening. He gives a little clip to Jack Redden, and even the sporting goss gets a mention. How's this for self-indulgence? It's 11 past 10. Here is Nick Natanui's victory speech after winning the John Walsfold medal in 2021. Thanks to everyone. I um, probably don't have to thank any too, any too many other people. I think Jack Redden probably named every single person in here. So I thought he won this, but um, no, I um, it's um, no, it's a bit of a blast from the past. Actually, I think I've got my coaches from the past 20 years in here. I've got Brian Dawson who taught me, uh, who coached me at Swan Districts. Um, Goss actually presented me my Year 12 um, school graduation award. He didn't think I'd graduate, and then I got Wusher and Simo. So it's good to see everyone back in the room. Um, you know, it's been a pretty tough. No, last two, three years. So to see everyone back together has been amazing. Um, so I'd just like to reiterate what everyone said. Just I'd like to thank everyone that sacrificed so much this year for us boys to play footy this year. Um, um, the players, the partners, um, my partner in particular, Britt, thanks very much for all you've done for me and uh, making my journey the last year and a bit be so much smoother. Um, to all our support staff, everyone who works in the back and, and you know, washes the jumpers, washes the, the, the shorts, um, turns the socks back the right way when the boys never do it week in, week out. Um, thank you very much. Um, thanks to Marty Davis again last year for those that were here. Uh, Marty didn't have a date, so I got up here and, and tried to find him a date. Now he's got one tonight, so well done. Well done. Um, yeah, to my family, um, yeah, thanks for all your support. My sister, Lysani, and, and Harry as well. Thank you for all, all that you've done for me. Um, and my twin brother, he's actually watching this, the, the stream as well. He's in Footscray, so he's right. He's 100 metres from the Bulldogs' um, home ground, so he's he's watching uh, amongst them. So uh, good luck. I think he's got a Bulldogs jersey on, but we won't we won't say too much about that. But um, yeah, and also thanks to the coaches and, and the players that are departing. Um, my ruck coach for the first half of the year, Big Nathan Vardy. Um, thank you. Thanks for handing me on to Emu for the second half as well, mate. Um, appreciate that. And, um, and to the, all the other players that aren't going to be here as well, um, Hutchie, uh, Venners and, and the crew, everyone else that's um, not going to be here. And with the coaches, I know they've been mentioned. JG, thanks for all you've done in, in my career so far. And, and to Adrian Hickmott as well. Uh, I remember first seeing you down at Swan Districts with the young Colts boys. Uh, I was a bit older and 
I thought you were, you were a nutcase. I didn't know. You were, you had the young boys doing chin-ups in the, in the stands um, while we were, we were training, and um, I saw you get appointed at West Coast Eagles, and I, I was a bit worried. Um, I hated you, like a few of the other boys did, but um, now you're the most loved um, coach amongst us. So I thank you for all you've done, challenging us and making us not only better footballers, but better men as well. So enjoy the rest of the night, and, and thanks to everyone as well for coming along. Well, last night, the West Coast Eagles club champion was announced. No surprise that Nick Natanui got the job done back-to-back for the champion Ruckman. And, of course, the news of some changes in the coaching ranks. And one of those changes is the inclusion of Jared Schofield. Coming back to where his AFL career all commenced all those years ago. He's coming back as an assistant coach, along with Matthew Knights, to work with Adam Simpson. And Scoey has been kind enough to join us from Adelaide, where he's wrapped things up with his Port Adelaide team, where he's been for three years. Scoey, congratulations on the appointment, mate. You must be incredibly excited. No, thanks, God. Uh, yeah, look, super excited. It um, was something probably, you know, six to eight weeks ago that wasn't on the radar. But, yeah, thrilled that um, I've made the decision and really looking forward to... Um, getting back to where it all started for me, as you just mentioned, and um, you know, really looking forward to working with Adam and the other coaches and being part of a great club and uh, hopefully be a part of a, a team that get back into the finals. What was the attraction? I mean, home is home, but obviously you'd settled nicely with the full family over there in Adelaide, so that would be a big call when you're weighing things up. What was the attraction to come back to West Coast? Um, the opportunity and the role um, that was uh, offered um, you know, and you know, the, the experience of working um, with other coaches and, and a big organisation um, like West Coast um, was the appealing thing. And I just thought it was a, another step in the progression of um, the possibility of if I want to take on the opportunity um, in the future and, and put myself in, in the ring of uh, senior coaching. So I just think it was a step up um, in my coaching development. But, uh, you know, the, the, to be able to work with Adam and uh, work for West Coast Eagles was uh, the final thing that got me across the line. Tell us about your experience at Port Adelaide. Of course, uh, it was a disappointing finish this year, but the three-year journey, what's it, uh, sum that up for us? Yeah, it was, uh, I was supposed in the early stages, it was overwhelming, um, stepping foot into a club that was really looking to sort of rejig things in the coaching, but in their game plan back in 2019. And, you know, to be able to be part of a, a team that's made finals over the last two years uh, was a great experience as well because the pressure of final football goes up. Uh, but being able to learn um, along the way um, from some, some really experienced coaches in, in Brett Montgomery, Michael Voss and Nathan Bassett and obviously working under Ken um, was where I got all my learnings from. So I'm a far better person, um, you know, and, and understanding as a coach from where I was back in the Subi days. And, yeah, it's been a wonderful three years. Um, it's unfortunate it wasn't to uh, end um, in, the, in the highest way and winning a flag with them, but... Um, forever grateful for the opportunity they gave me and, uh, yeah, learned along the right way and I'm hopefully uh, going to learn some more under Adam. It's been an interesting journey by yours because it's almost, if you were to say, the atypical coaching journey, you know, your, your Colts ex- or player, Colts experience, league experience, you go to Claremont briefly, so you leave your, your roots of your Waffle Club, then you go and work in Adelaide and you work as an assistant coach and now you come back to where it all started as a player at West Coast with obviously vision going forward and wherever, how long that may be of putting your hat in the ring to be a senior coach one day, have you always mapped out this as a plan? No, it's just worked out the way it has. Um, but one thing I have stayed true to is that making sure that whatever step I took in my coaching development was at the right time and it was the right time for myself. And, and as you mentioned, all those things along the way, um, you know, the one experience 
Bristol. So the advice I got back from when I first started coaching under 18s or Colts and Sue was to make sure I do it on my time schedule and, and not to be in a rush to get somewhere just because of what maybe external people perceive mm. to think you're ready to step up. And look, I've um, had offers along the way to um, probably jump ahead of where I'm at at the moment, but I've always stayed true to making sure that my progression, my step um, towards possibly one day putting my hat in the ring for a senior coaching role is um, on my time schedule. And, you know, and when opportunities present, um, you've got to take them. And, you know, West Coast opportunity now was something that wasn't on the radar because um, I was and I was very, very happy with at Port Adelaide, coaching the midfield, a very demanding area to look after and, and working with some great coaches. But I feel like it's the right time and, and I'm forever grateful for the opportunity from West Coast now. Jared Schofield, our guest on Sporting Goss, uh, coming home. And we'll start with the West Coast Eagles later in the year in the preseason for 2022. When you're uh, in the opposition midfield and you're coaching the machine that you had, a wonderful midfield led by Ollie Wines and Travis Boke and others, you're looking at a bloke called Nat Nui, and he's in the opposition. You must get some relief knowing that you're going to be working with him rather than against him. Yeah, it's um, it's already the running joke with some of the players that obviously have had to say goodbye to over the last couple of days. That you know, uh, working closely uh, with those with those players, and you know that the Eagles midfield um, have, and you know, Nick Nat Nui being at the top of it, <laughs> just winning his second best and fairest. I think back to back, which is uh, it's going to be great to be able to work with someone like him. I've been working with Scotty Lyson over the last few years, and um, he's told me so much about him. But, yeah, look, it's, it's good to be in the West Coast camp now and not having to uh, <laughs> obviously combat uh, the uh, the likes of Nat Newey and Shuri and Kelly and Yo and the rest of them. So you're looking forward to it. You've done your exit meetings with Port Adelaide. From an outsider looking in now as a, a former assistant coach, and you can talk about the disappointment, and we know it's hurting the Port Adelaide team, Ken Hinckley, David Kosh, and all the players, I am sure. And, in fact, everyone at the footy club, because everyone thought it was a gift-wrapped opportunity to, to make a grand final. Can you give us your, just an overview without going too dark into it and deep into it, just in regards to what the overview was as a coaching group, what went wrong? Yeah, uh, it, it's hard to really put a sort of finger on it. You know, it was, you know, we were sort of blindsided. We trained really well, we prepared really well, and I was being well documented that we're sleeping in our own bed, being in our own state, but that's the norm. You know, that's the norm that we expect um, of, our, of our AFL footballers. And yeah, look, I think it's, um, you know, it's hard for me to um, get in the minds of the players, but I'm, I'm sure they'll dig deeper, the coaching staff at Port. Um, but in, in the couple of days, we've just reflected on, you know, did we, um, did we, I'm not going to say we took our eye off the ball, but, you know, did we play it too early? Um, but yeah, look, at the same time, maybe it's just not their time at the moment, Port Adelaide, in terms of um, getting to that ultimate grand final and, and winning a flag. Sometimes it takes teams a little bit longer and I think uh, we've got to, I suppose, understand that Port Adelaide um, average age from last year's prelim, I think it was 28, and went to 23, mm. losing some experienced players. And there's still some young fellas in Rosie Butters, Durst, but they're only in their third year of football. Um, and when you're playing against other teams that are, you know, well at first, and I thought, look at the midfield of the Bulldogs, um, they run really deep. And unfortunately, that was where it sort of started and, and um, we just uh, were on the back foot straight away in and around the football contest, not only at ground level, but um, all over the ground. You know, our backs probably had their worst night. Um, and when we did have the ball, I suppose when I say we, I suppose when Port Adelaide did have the ball, um, we couldn't turn it into anything. Um, I think it was just one of them games that came at the wrong time 
for the club and um, disappointing way for them to finish. All right. So now hot on the heels of that, you're fresh. For the, they are fresh from having played the Western Bulldogs and seeing them firsthand. I saw Melbourne here last week and I've, I've never seen anything like it. That third quarter of Max Gorn led, but the overall bull nature of Petrarca and Oliver, the outside work of Angus Brayshaw, Viney played probably his best game in a long time. Who wins and why, from your perspective, a bloke that's been in the battlefield this year with both our grand final teams? Yeah, honestly, I'd love to say I'm going to sit on the fence. <laughs> you just all the names you just mentioned there. You know, it's going. To, you know, they say it's one a loss in the midfield, but at the same time, Norton, I saw Norton firsthand last week. You know, take six or seven contested marks, mm. and then you know, came his way. He caught. So I think whoever can actually score, I know both teams. You know, have got sort of the striking power. You know, and I've obviously got quality midfielders. Um, look, if, I'm probably going to maybe lean towards Melbourne only on the, on the basis that they might be the fresher one. I know they talk about momentum going in. The Dogs have played the last three, um, and, and mm. Melbourne have had a bit of a bit of a break. I just I just probably lean more a little bit towards Melbourne. You know, being fresher, they seem like they're uh, they're really on a journey. Um, you know, there's some emotional attachment to it. I think with uh, they've been waiting a while and how they've been sort of belted around the years a little bit Melbourne over the last few years and how under how they've underperformed and I just think that it's their time and I just think they'll get it in a close one. Would you uh, like to see Ollie Wines win the Brownlow? One young man you've had a bit to do with over the last three years? Oh, yeah. I obviously would love to see him uh, be rewarded for such a stellar year. He's worked so hard on his game and um, he understands his game now. And I've mentioned that before in many interviews that you know, he actually understands what his game looks like and he actually is prepared to accept feedback, whether it's the positive or whether it's constructive um, messaging to make sure he keeps improving. And, and that's why he's been so consistent over the year. And, um, yeah, look, he, he, might, he might have some votes taken from him with the Roses and the Aaliyah, especially Aaliyah. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it would be wonderful to see him up there um, yeah, and represent the club. And the last one for you. Uh, some things never change. You're three years away over there at Port Adelaide. Subiaco sitting at the top of the waffle ladder, mate. I know you've got the West Coast Eagles waffle team to worry about now, but you've still got a bit of <laughs> lion's blood running through you. You must be excited about their prospects going into the finals campaign for themselves. Yeah, it's great to see. Obviously, they had a uh, they had a bit of a uh, hit a bit of a speed bump last year. Uh, couldn't get going last year, but great to see them um, finish where they finished this year so far. And yeah, I think they've got one game to try and get through to a grand final. Bo's doing a wonderful go- uh, job with them mm. there and the coaching staff there and and led by Lee Kitchen and the boys. So, yeah, it would be nice to see them uh, win another flag. You know, you can't take uh, the Lions' blood out of me, mate. It's, uh, as you know, I'm so passionate about Subiaco, but um, I hope they do well. And, yeah, I'll see how the next couple of weeks go. If they get through, I might fight over and uh, put a bit of an eye on. I'll be glad yeah, to see them. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and just on, on, on that subject, working with Kyle Horsley, who's been at West Coast for a little while now, it's fantastic. You must be thrilled to share an office with him going forward. Yeah, it's going to be great working with Kyle. You know, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be great to reunite with him. Um, you know, and I've spoken to him um, a lot, of, a lot over the last sort of three to four weeks um, as to how it all works there, and um, yeah, look at what the list is like and what the club's like. So I've really tapped into him, and and um, you know, he's going to be one I'm looking forward to working with again. Congratulations on your appointment. Exciting times for you. Uh, all the very best over the next. Uh, month or whatever it takes before you uh, get back and uh, yourself and Beck get back here and all the rest of the family. We look forward to seeing the Schofields back in WA. It's exciting times for the club. It was a great night last night. They know the hard work is ahead of them. They were pretty candid and pretty honest with their assessment of the year that's gone and uh, hard work never killed anyone. So they're looking forward to bouncing back with your assistance as an assistant coach, Gary. Thanks for joining us this morning. 
Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good on you. Jared Schofield, the new assistant coach of the West Coast Eagles, here on the Sporting Goss. Good on you, April. April Austin in our newsroom at 28 away from 11. And some further breaking news. The grand final sold out. All the public tickets sold within 10 minutes this morning. You've missed the boat. But keep listening to SEN. You just never know what falls off the back of a truck. But the grand final officially a sellout for Saturday week. Of course, the general public tickets sold inside 10 minutes. Now, also, I can tell you that former North Melbourne coach Brad Scott and current Ruse Football Operations head Laura Kane have been appointed to key positions in a restructured AFL football department. Andrew Dillon, the AFL's interim football department boss since Steve Hocking's departure, has been appointed to the role permanently and will oversee a team comprising of Kane, Scott, Kate Hall, head of mental health and wellbeing, and Nicole Livingston, general manager of women's football. Kane will assume the role of general manager, competition management, and Scott, general manager of football. So they've divided the workload up there. But Brad Scott, with that appointment clearly falls out of an AFL coaching position as well. So there is some news right there. And uh, Jared Schofield was brought to us by McCafe, the uh, McCafe coffee, of course. Try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. Let's do an update for a lotto if you want to be in the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Yeah, let's get some sheets out here. All righty. Goss, uh, Kimbo from Bell Divers wants to be in Lotto, and he also has a winner for us. Oh, Kimbo, hello. Don't forget, he reckons we've got to be on approach northern today in race six. Big Scotty listening on the app from Swan View. G'day, Scotty. You're in Goss Lotto. Gav also on the app. Lansdale. Mickey G, take it to the bank. Mandura. Nice work. Probably listening on the wonderful uh, dab. Yes, in dab. It's in Peel. Cheats is in Avery. Gossie, show us the money. And what about our man from Spearwood who wants to be in Goss Lotto? He's backing up the tractor. Tractor. Tractor, you are in Goss Lotto. Tonight, $8 million Powerball draw. We're guaranteed because we've got a power pick means we're guaranteed of the power ball. If you want to be in it too, I know. 0487 736 your last chance to get in. So, the breaking news, bang. General tickets for the uh, grand final, the Toyota AFL grand final, sold out. Brad Scott going to head of football, AFL, done. And the Carton of San Miguel, mm, beer. Beer. Mm, <laughs> Good on you, Dave. Nice work. The Carton of San Miguel, thanks to our wonderful friends at Gage Roads. If you if you don't drink Gage Roads, then you don't drink Gage Roads. And I suggest you start drinking Gage Roads. The San Miguel, Jeff from Catanning, who on Twitter, on following Sporting Goss yesterday, he nailed the top three in order of the West Coast Eagles club champion that we asked you yesterday. Nick Nat, Sheed, Gaff. He had Shepherd and Redden, but it was Redden and Darling. But he was the closest. He nailed the top three in order. Nick Nat, Sheed, Gaff. Yeah. Congratulations. 
Jeff of Catanning. Nice work by you. Fantastic. Uh, Mully from Millbridge. Show me the money, Goss. Uh, what about uh, Butch? Butch is from Binning Up. Binning Up. Drive past a Binning Up. Binning Up is a place that should go off. Should go off. Binning Up was going to be the next big thing, and I reckon still is, and I reckon Butch is in the right place. He would like to be in the Lucky Lotto Syndicate. Well, no. No, 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 Butch. It's not the Lucky Lotto Syndicate. It's Goss Lotto, but we we assume we know what you're talking about. 0487 736 736. So much more to come. After 11 o'clock, Tom Randall's going to join us from Tickford Racing. Riley Morgan, life of Riley, get your pen and paper ready. He's got winners for us for Belmont, and he's been in rare stratosphere air. And after the break, Jai Richardson, WA cricket superstar, will join us. And Gilly, he's hovering. Wanting to know what real radio's like, he's hovering. He'll be coming in after 11 to shoot the breeze about all things sport. We might even touch on cricket because I'm led to believe he knows a bit about cricket. It's 24 to 11. This is Sporting Goss. Well, not a great day for cricket, but the cricket season is rapidly approaching the 2021 Cricket Australia domestic season. And our WA team are heading to Adelaide. All things a little bit different now. The Marsh Cup matches, which were initially down to take place at the Wacker, have been postponed and will be at the venue at a later date. But WA will open their domestic season Wednesday. Next Wednesday, the 22nd, with the Marsh One Day Cup against South Australia. Karen Rolton Oval in Adelaide. And then a few days later, head-to-head again against South Australia in the Sheffield Shield fixture beginning on the 24th of September. One man who I'm sure is incredibly excited about Rolling the arm over and getting back out there and getting in the thick of it is Jai Richardson. He's been kind enough to join us. How have you ploughed through pre-season, Jai? Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, pre-season's been great, to be honest. Um, you know, it's nice to have some time at home, um, spend some time with the WA boys. It's been really, really good, uh, albeit the weather not treating us too nicely uh, throughout pre-season. But we've sort of gotten on with it and made sure we've worked on what we need to work on and yeah I think all the boys are ready to go. At the start of any season everyone prioritises outsiders looking in what's important to our WA team is it the four day game shield cricket is it the 50 overs is it uh, scorches what is it for you Joy what's the one that you say this is the one you like to win them all but which is the one you're really aiming to knock off? I think for the last well, however long I've been a part of the squad, Shield Cricket's been the one that we really want to bring back home. I think we've always been a really good one-day cricket team um, and we know how good the Scorchers are as well. I think, you know, the nature of our Australian representatives and and all of those guys who come back for our one-day fixtures, um, you know, we've always been a really good white ball team and we've had to work really hard on our Shield Cricket and we haven't been far off, to be honest. I mean, last season we, we missed out uh, a, a pretty good opportunity to make a Shield final again, but just missed out by the skin of our teeth. And, and you know, that's been the focus for us this year. And, and for me personally as well, getting back to playing Shield cricket is really important, um, especially with the focus of playing Test cricket. How is your pre-season form? How's your fitness? How have, how have you been sending them down? Um, if you were to assess where you're at this pre-season as opposed to past pre-seasons, uh, obviously coming off that long-term injury, uh, where are you at? Yeah, ready to go. Feeling really, really good, actually. Um, it's been nice to actually just spend some time at home and, mm. and, you know, sort of gel with the guys again. It's been nice to have an extended period, just knowing what I need to work on and, and you know, having some time to actually hone in on my skills rather than, you know, being under the pump of, of playing competitive cricket. So 
to have some time to actually focus on technical, um, some st- strategy side of things has been really, really nice um, and looking forward to putting all of those into practice. I know you like to have, hit the ball and uh, get out there, even though you're sort of down the bottom end of the, the batting lineup. But when I look at this Western Australian squad, heaven's above there's some power in this team. Cartwright, Inglis, Marsh, Marsh, Philippi, Short, Stoinis, uh, Whiteman can have a go, Ashton Turner. There's some serious power hitting. I mean, you're going to get some big scores and get them quick if the boys all find form. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the challenges as well, though, with playing red ball cricket um, is all of those guys you've just rattled off, we know how good they are at T20 and one-day cricket. And I think one of our challenges is sort of um, making that switch between the two formats. You know, red red ball cricket is such a different game and and such a different mentality um, of trying to stay out there for a long time. Mm. But you're right, if, if everything goes right, then we could be piling on mountains of runs and putting teams under pressure. Looking forward to it. We're chatting with Jai Richardson. It all heads over to Adelaide. Of course, the, the borders to Adelaide. Fingers crossed, stay open for the start of the season. Of course, a, a Marsh Cup one day and then into a Shield clash against South Australia. Just really briefly on the new faces, um, uh, just a one-liner on Corey Roccicelli. Or, uh, is it Roccicelli or Roccicioli? Yeah, something like that. I don't think anyone's <laughs> actually figured it out yet. Rocky? Does, he go, by, does he go by Rocky? Yeah, Rock, Rock's probably close enough, I reckon. Okay, we'll go with Rock. Um, yeah, he, he's awesome. He's a, a really hard worker. He you know, asks a lot of questions, which for young guys is quite a difficult thing to do, um, especially coming into a new squad. You know, Asking questions is one of the best ways to learn from senior players. So he's one of the ones that's extremely keen to learn um, about the game and to learn how to get better. So credit to him. Um, you know, he's, he's working really hard on the areas of his game that he needs to get better at to sort of break into that shield side. So what is he? What he's is doing he? really well. What does he do? He's an off-spinner. Spinner. Off-spinner. He's quite a, quite a tall off-spinner. Okay. Um, so, you know, out the whacker might be able to produce a little bit of bounce. Mm. Um, it was nice to see him in the practice game the last few days. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be one that's uh, really important for us moving forward, I think. I think, you know, having a front-line spinner um, you know, it can be a sneaky tactic, especially at the Wacker. Uh, an ex-TV colleague of mine has been beating his chest about a boy by the name of Cooper Connolly for as long as I've uh, been alive, I reckon. He's saying, this kid's <laughs> going to be the next big thing. He is the next big thing. He's on the rookie list. Cooper Connolly finally uh, gets into the WA squad, albeit on the rookie list, but he's an exciting talent. Definitely, definitely. For such a young guy, um, you know, watching him bat, and bowling to him a little bit in the practice game as well. Um, he looks composed. He looks mature. Um, and he looks like he fits right in. So, again, like for such a young guy, he, he looks like he, he belongs. Um, and, again, he's sort of finding his feet within the squad and, and sort of everyone's embracing having another young guy around, um, which is really, really good as well to, to make him feel welcome and feel like he belongs here is, is super important for those sorts of young guys. So, Excited to see him in action as well this year. And the last face, uh, a new face in the group of the WA squad, Jai Richardson, our guest on Sporting Goss, is Bryce Jackson. What does Bryce do? And uh, he's another rookie. Bryce Jackson bowls about 170 k's an hour oh! and tries to, break, <laughs> tries to break his back every time he bowls. So another exciting prospect coming through WA cricket, another fast bowler. Um, but again, you know, same sort of thing for, for another fast bowler to be coming through the WA ranks is... Super exciting, especially Bryce, um, who can bowl extremely fast. Um, definitely some raw talent there. Um, but, yeah, you know, 
he'll come a long way, especially with the guys that we've got around here, sort of mentoring him as well. Um, he's going to be really, really one to look out for. WA Cricket, excited to announce New Balance as the new domestic apparel supplier, and you're going to be wearing those this year. Uh, have, you, have you done your team photos, and how do they sit on your joy? I know you're a fashion guru. <laughs> no, they're good. Really, really, really like them. Um, saw the other day that, you know, the, the new one-day kit came out on social media, and mm. I think, you know, as far as I'm aware, the, the response was pretty positive. So, you know, it excited just to be donning the, the black and gold again, nice. regardless of who's, uh, <laughs> who's providing. <laughs> I'm just excited to put it on again. But, yeah, it looks awesome, and it's great. Yeah, the, yeah they've described it as a retro feel, thanks to New Balance. Last one before we let you go. We know you're a busy man. Appreciate it. Is the IPL over for you, or are you going to go back? What's the, what's, the, what's the plan for you, uh, you know, in the IPL situation? Plan for me is to uh, play some domestic cricket um, and, and sort of concentrate on trying to get back into the test team. That's yep. that's what I want to do this year. Um, you know, putting my priorities aside and and making sure that I'm I'm right to go for the test summer um, pending selection. You know, focus for me is just to be ready to go. Um, and whatever happens after that, we'll, we'll see. Smart move. Well played. Good on you, mate. Great to have you up and around. You sound very buoyant. Looking forward to the the, see, the season starting next week. Albeit in Adelaide, get across there, get some early points, get some form. Thanks for joining us. Awesome, mate. Thank you for having There's me. There's Jai Richardson. Love our chats with him. He's so candid, so honest, and so refreshing. And uh, let's hope he has a trouble-free run over the next 12 to 24 months. In fact, right through the rest of his career, he's done some hard yards. This is Sporting Goss. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Dalla Dalla. Gosloto time. Benno from Bayswater wants to be involved. So too does Ferret from City Beach. And John from Bunbury wants to be involved. Adam from Peppermint Grove, you can't be in. You've got to text in, great man. You can't just walk in and throw your weight around. You can text in if you so please. And that number is 0487 736 736. The numbers are in my hot little hand, 1468 15 21 24. And we've got the power pick, so we guarantee the power ball. If you want to be in it... And, and people have dropped off. Ye of little faith. Ye of little faith. It's not if, if Lotto was easy to win, everyone would be doing it and everyone would be winning. May I just say, stick to the game plan. 0487 736 736. If you want to be in Goss Lotto, anything more than $500, we divide amongst the great unwashed, which is you, or... Anything less than 500, it goes to our chosen charity. And that, my dear friends, is Ronald McDonald House. Goslotto, Steve, you are in. Get in the money. And just a reminder also, Sporting Globe. If you want to buy a ticket, get on to sen.com.au forward slash, forward slash thingo, whatever, SEN track. And you can book your ticket for 100 bucks, food, drink, punters club, the Sporting Globe, Belmont, 11.30. Miles Fitzner from SEN Track. I'll be there. We'll have a lot of fun. Kerry Lalich of Bunbury wants to be in Goss Lotto. But a lot of people are heading to the Sporting Globe on Saturday for a wonderful day's entertainment. Winners galore. Plenty to laugh about, see about, drink about, and eat about. Thursday, that means Tom Randall Day, of course, from Tickford Racing. 
Last night, as I've mentioned before, I had the privilege of hosting the West Coast Eagles Club Champion Award, so I wasn't glued to the E-Series last night, unfortunately for Tom. But a little birdie told me I didn't miss much. Tom Randall, good morning. Uh, yeah, sorry, Goss. Look, the, the, the line must be really bad. Are you saying something about my E-Series? I think, it, I think it must have broken up. Yeah, well, I got sent a screenshot of one car... Well, it looked like a helicopter to me. It looked like it wasn't even, didn't even have one single bit of rubber on the bitumen. That didn't happen to have the, the Randall name on the side of it, did it's it? It's the one. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I've been cleared from the hospital, so <laughs> uh, they've checked me over, and it was ma- mainly just uh, extreme dizziness. But <laughs> we're all good here, and yeah, that pretty much summed up the night for me. So I'm kind of glad that you didn't watch that because. You would have certainly been disappointed in me, Goss. Uh, well, mate, let me tell you, I wasn't disappointed in a young man by the name of Daniel Ricardo, my daughter, who is a mad, passionate F1. She knows everything that moves. She drives me absolutely bonkers. She can be in the middle of uni. She can be at work. But if something pops up about Lando Norris or George Russell or uh, Schumacher or uh, Ricardo, I'm the first to know what a great night, what an amazing performance and Wow, if there was a gorilla on his back, it's long gone. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's amazing. You look back a month ago after the, the the race in Hungary and he was just in despair, really, because he'd had such a bad run. And uh, and now he's, he's he's back to winning ways. I mean, it's been three years, over three years since his, his last Grand Prix victory and, and his first one with McLaren and McLaren's first one-two for 11 years. So it's... It's great for him. It's great for Australia. I mean, I was I couldn't go to sleep after that. Mm. I mean, it was just a phenomenal race. And then we had the, the incident between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton just after they finished their round of pit stops. So it was a lot of drama and really the best result at the end. And I don't think there was one person that was upset with the, with the end result. No, maybe Lando. Um, and I reckon, and I reckon, if uh, Lando was sitting next to Daniel and they watched the race with commentary and with uh, chat to the team chat uh, about he's going not quick enough and it might be my time and if you don't go quick and all this sort of stuff, I reckon he would be a little bit embarrassed with some of his stuff. It's not like Lando Norris is Lewis Hamilton. I mean, fair dinkum, he hasn't won a race for McLaren in four years. I mean, uh, all of a sudden, and I think Daniel's been pretty kind to Lando over the journey since they've been together. Well, we could go back just a, a week before at Danvort where Ricardo let Lando through. Yeah. So Daniel's been playing the team game, and I think Lando, he realised that towards the end of the race. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, you know what? I need to just hold my horses here and, and do the right thing by the team because he's got, a, he's got a bright future, Lando. Really, he's been seriously strong in that McLaren. I mean, he has outqualified Daniel this year, but it is ironic that, Daniel got the first victories for the team over him. I've got to say, I, I was pretty happy about that, and I, as I'm sure we all were. And it certainly proved all those, the, the doubt is wrong, and he's certainly shown that he can get on top of that McLaren. So it's important that Lando did that for the team as well because there's going to come another day where roles are reversed and Lando's going to want the same thing. So you've got to play a team game and... And it worked out great for them because that's their biggest points hole, hole ever. 45, I think they had 45 points mm. with the first 
place, second place, a point from the sprint qualifying, and Daniel got the fastest lap of the race on the last lap, so another point there. So yeah, that came from great, nowhere. Great that came from nowhere, thing. didn't it? That was uh, we weren't. Everyone was just worried about him getting around safe, and uh, I suppose in the last ten laps or twelve laps, or, or as you mentioned, albeit that we thought Lando was uh, going to cool his jets and not put the pressure on and ask to get past at any stage. Not that he was absolutely flying, but no one saw that fast lap, and all of a sudden that popped up on the screen. That was just a nice little bonus, a nice little cherry on top of the uh, Ricardo cake. Well, he obviously showed he had the pace, didn't he? So yeah. I don't think, to be honest, I don't think there was any doubt from the get-go. Once once he beat Verstappen off the line, mm. I mean, Verstappen couldn't get past him before the round of pit stops. So I think if if the pit stops had have gone better for Verstappen, but he stays behind Ricardo, I still think Ricardo had a good chance of, yeah. of winning the race either way. Um, but we got to see the drama unfold between the two title protagonists. Yeah. And I think that's... Great for the sport in a way because it's created a lot of controversy, but uh, it sh- certainly proved that how vital and how important the halo has become. Oh. I mean, this is the third or fourth incident now yeah. that we've seen where without the halo, it could have been a, a much... Uh, different outcome for the work. Mm, mm, 100%. Tom Randall from Tickford Racing, you're talking all things motorsport and focusing on the Formula One Grand Prix at Monza, of course, and well done to Daniel Ricciardo and the double shoey. You talk about that halo, and, and we know that he's been given a three-place grid penalty, Max Verstappen, and had a bit to do with the, the sausage ripple strip as well. I think that sort of put him off, but, you know, whether he should have even been in there. But I think if he looks back at it, albeit him and Lewis clash, and I get all that, I think if he had his time over again, he would have showed a little bit more duty of care when making sure that Lewis was okay. Because he looked across very briefly out the corner of his helmet and saw that his his tire wheel was on top of Lewis Hamilton. That's why Hamilton couldn't get out of his car, uh, get out the normal way. If it wasn't for the halo, it could have been a whole lot worse. I reckon if Max sees that again, and he may have privately, but probably reached out a little bit more and showed a bit more compassion because it was a pretty bad look after a very, very meaty incident. Yeah, and look, to be honest, Goss, on first glance, it certainly was. And then when you look back at the replay, you, you can actually see he, he looks over at, at Lewis, and I agree, he probably should have gone and, and made sure he was okay. But as he's looked over at Lewis, Lewis in that phase is actually trying to select reverse and get out of, of that situation because Hamilton's car, well, to, to Lewis, it didn't appear that damaged. It was just he was stuck underneath the rear of the Red Bull. So... I think as Max has looked over and seen Lewis trying to select reverse and try and get out of there, he probably figured that he was okay. But I think if it was another competitor that Max was trying to go around the outside of, to be honest, I think he would have bailed and would have gone across the, across the the curve on on the inside to just get out of that situation. But we actually did see at the start of the race, Giovinazzi did a very similar thing to Leclerc and he kept his, his foot in on the outside, which becomes the inside of turn two, and they managed to get through. It was really just that sausage curb that once Max got up on top of that, he had had nowhere to go. So, yeah, it's a tough call on that penalty as well. I mean, yeah, it's probably more a racing incident, Mm. but, yeah, I think both... I certainly think Verstappen could have handled it better off the track. Um, Yeah. But anyway, it certainly spices up the championship and we all love to see it in a way that those two are going hard at it and, and these things are going to happen. I mean, we saw it in Silverstone. We saw it in Imola earlier in the year that they've, they've 
had a few coming together and it's just going to spice up that title fight, isn't it? No doubt. All righty. Well, let's get through the rest of these topics. Uh, we've got Talking Motorsport, of course, with our man, uh, Tom Randall. Uh, just briefly, Jack Miller, that was a bit weird. What was going on there at Aragon? He uh, had a, a dodgy leg. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand what was going on there. I mean, I don't know if that's something that he needs to get sorted for the next round. Uh, but again, yeah, he just seemed to struggle on the weekends. But he's te- uh, Bang Nyaya came out with a win. Yeah. So that was his first win in the Premier class. And I tell you what, those last few laps, yeah. they were great to watch. Yeah, I mean, were. I think Marquez had about seven attempts yep. at, at trying to pass him. And Bang Nyaya just kept coming back at him with, with the switchback. And I mean, to withstand the pressure, not just from any MotoGP competitor, Mark Marquez, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty phenomenal. And on Mark's uh, home territory in Spain. So uh, that's great for him. But, yeah, probably not so much for Jack because, uh, you know, Banya is on that Ducati. So um, we'll just have to see what happens at the next round. Okay. But one other mention I was going to make yeah. is uh, back, to, back to Monza. Our other Aussie boy, Oscar Piastri, winning in Formula yes. 2 in the feature race. Yes. I must say that was, uh, that was very great impressive. Great weekend for and Australia. Absolutely. Plenty of shoeys going around too, weren't there? Yes, it's, uh, there were Luke shoeys everywhere. Hey, just quickly, MotoGP is this weekend at Masano, as we know. Uh, what about the IndyCar schedule? That's out. Yeah, so there's two more rounds of IndyCar. So we had Portland on the weekend. Yep. And I've got to say, Scotty did a great job. He, beat, he actually finished in front of all his Penske, Penske teammates. So finished P10, I believe, and avoided managed to avoid the carnage at the first chicane at the start of the race. Um, but, yeah, Alex Palau with with another win. We've got the Grand Prix of Monterey this weekend at Laguna Seca, uh, which which is then followed by Long Beach. So two two more rounds to go. And, yeah, the title race is, is, is well and truly alive there. So we've got Palau in that with Pato Ward and, and Newgarden, and Dixon's also in the mix. So once again, another road course, and hopefully Scotty can, can do well there. I've been... I've been checking on his social media. He's well and truly on that simulator, so he's doing everything he can. Is he coming back for Bathurst? Is he coming back? I mean, is he? Are you? Or if he if he comes back and you you, know, you you're going to zoom past him, and you know you're just going to go straight past him and give him a friendly <laughs> a friendly wave when you get yourself on the podium. But uh, it, it's unlikely to come back because it's sort of um, it's been moved to December, so uh, he's probably not going to be available. Well, it's 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 interesting that you say that now because it's it's been moved to November. Uh, sorry, to December. Uh, which actually just got announced a couple of days ago. It's going to be a six-day event from the 30th of November to the uh, to the 5th of December. So six days at Bathurst combined with 10 categories. So it's going to be a massive event. Now, whether or not that actually makes it easier for McLaughlin to get back, because there's a, a few talks about COVID vaccine passports. So I'm not quite sure whether that's going to help him in this instance. That might be something more for 2022, but it really would be his best shot because it doesn't clash with any of his rounds. He, he's finished by then in IndyCar, but the, the trickiest thing is the, is the rules around uh, yeah, COVID and whether or not he can get back in. I mean, it's, it's and, and being in the state that probably has the worst COVID as well yeah. at this point, yeah. but also the best vaccine or one of the best vaccination rates. So we're all just hoping that by that point of the year, December, New South Wales would be, well and truly at that 80% fully vaccinated mark and we can have some form of normality. Good job by you. Good chat. Nice work. I hope you recover. So when the E-Series, where are you next? We're at Mount Panorama next week. Oh, wow. So the, 
Yeah, so the all-star drivers, so the, the actual V8 drivers are teaming up with the Pro Series as co-drivers. So I don't even know how long the race is yet. They haven't, they haven't said so, but it's going to be long enough for two drivers. So looking forward to that. Again, it'll be Wednesday. Next Wednesday, and uh, yes, then I the know. final round Don't is give the me a lesson. After. It's grand final week next week. I might be busy, <laughs> but if I get a chance, I'll watch you. It'll be 5.30 Perth time, right in the wheelhouse of Crazy Hour in the Gossage <laughs> household. Appreciate your time. Well done. And, uh, yeah, all all roads, of course, uh, lead to Russia for the next round of the uh, Formula One, and we'll see how Daniel Ricciardo, whether he can back it up. I think we might be dreaming, but at the same time, it would be great if he just continues on his great form in that McLaren. Thanks for joining us, Tommy. Always great to chat. Thank you, and have a great day, guys, and everyone, enjoy the day. Tom Randall, talking all things motorsport from Tickford Racing. A fine young star, he's the next big thing. This is Sporting Goss. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. 20 past 11. This is Sporting Goss on this Thursday. Pretty bleak, 14.6 degrees. We knew it was coming, but it, uh, well, one man who whinged and moaned when he walked into uh, the SEN studios today and said, wow, how bad is the uh, how, <laughs> how bad is the weather out there? No, it wasn't the uh, producer to the star. Do you know that, he, that Special K is producer to the star? And then when you come in, we throw an S on the end. <laughs> Hello, Gilly. Yeah, I was waiting for an intro just to let your oh, well, listeners out there that. Right, how are you? Yeah, good. Now it's you. I was so. whinging complaint. I said it looked like the end of the world was turning up, <laughs> which it did for a bit. But yeah, how you uh, going? Um, yeah, no, I'm really good. And now on here, I can tell you that on the text from Sean of Mundajong, mm. Goss spraying weeds Tuesday. Had gumboots on today, so the, 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 the light and the shade of it. Yep. But I got a grand final ticket. Oh. A lotto win would top it off, so he wants to be in Goss Lotto. So good on you, Shorty. Neville from Australind, Sunkist in Melbourne at Melville. Got, picked up a ticket in the online purchase in the nine minutes. Correct. And the people who stayed, I was at the Crown last night for the Eagles yep. function. I walked out and there was about 12 people seated. At the old box office ticket outlet area. I'm led to believe the first couple of people got through. So there's 10 or so people have stayed overnight and missed out. In the elements, yep. Didn't get a ticket. Uh, It's big. So inside nine minutes, all sold out. So, uh, look, you know a lot of them, people are going to have bought four tickets and only go two go and it's going to find it. It's going to get ugly at various stages. Yeah, big fines for for overpricing if you pass them on, isn't it? Yeah, and you can get to the gate if you've purchased them and you get to the gate and those tickets will not gain you entry. Oh, that'd be a letdown, wouldn't it? Yeah, when you've done your money cold. I don't think we should be surprised about the frenzy. Once in a lifetime, they're saying, isn't it? Once, it might be the only time ever, so. Got my ticket, mate. There it is right there. You see, you've been waving that around a fair bit. I yeah. wouldn't leave it lying around like that. Ah, mate. It doesn't take much to change a photo on those little <laughs> things. But, uh... Oh, you'd have done it before, have you? Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the old days of the driver's licence. <laughs> mate, used to just be the autograph then. A signature, no photos or anything like that. No, correct. Uh, now, we played this on Monday's Gillian Goss show, and this was... The Bulldogs party in the rooms. Now, this was posted on social media. Have a listen. (laughs) 
So that was posted on socials by a staff member initially. Mm. And when you watch that vision of the Bulldogs, so they all have beers and they're in a sort of slightly a darker room and they're all jumping around. So it was not what you saw on TV and not what you see publicly. Well, Luke Beveridge has come out very disappointed that it got to social media today. Uh, and he basically said, look, it was a staffer and there were other players who shot it, but you know what's internal and what's not. Um would rather have that not got out. Now, interesting, because Gary Lyon did say to us on Monday that when he was in the Melbourne rooms, it was very understated. It was, yeah. Is, is this advantage Melbourne? No, no, I don't think this has any effect on anything, to, to be really honest. We're still, what are we, eight days away from the game. There's going to be a lot of other things come up between now and then. I, Two things, I think, fantastic the Bulldogs, if they want to celebrate that win, they've just won an unbelievably convincing preliminary final and they are in a grand final. You've got to celebrate your victories. That's something that I've always held on to. I probably did it a bit too heartily in my days, but uh, no, you've got to celebrate them. Um, no doubt about it. And they've two weeks till they play again. So if they have one beer, two beers, whatever the coaches are allowing them or they as professional players know what they can allow themselves, go for it. Um, the filming of it, that, that I find really challenging to believe can happen in this day and age, given what we know about posting things on social media. This is this occurred at this very stadium not long after Justin Langer took over as create coach. And he put up all through the change rooms of the Australian change rooms, all the mantras and the sayings that they'd come up with with a group and his, I guess, ethos as a coach. And remember, it was about elite performance, elite training, elite honesty. Clearly, he was using the word elite to try to get the level of the expectation from the players to to know where they've got to be under his sort of guidance and leadership. And it's a play on words. They're looking to motivate these guys. A staff member from Creed Australia filmed that or took a photo of it, very well-intentioned, saying, wow, this is, this is the new Aussie team after the disgraceful effort of South Africa, posted out there, and all of a sudden, the word elite is being used against Justin Langer to the point where I received a text message from a journalist not that long ago in amongst all this furor saying, I'm just being elitely honest or something like that. So the cynicism that comes out of it, it's not worth the risk of throwing it out in public. It's internal. Mm. Keep it internal. Mm. Because that moment for those Bulldogs players, that might be that binding moment that gets them up in eight days' time. Because they that that's the sort of momentum they're building and the culture that they've got and they, and they just look so happy for each other. I'm sure Melbourne are too, but they're they're not in this conversation. So oh, very disappointing that it gets out in any way, shape, or form. Stern words for that staff member who posted it. Very much so, and uh, he would know who he is, and he would be it would be a very difficult trip because he'd still be with the group as a staff member in the in the hub and in, in the bubble. So that will be played out, of course. Now, last night on Footy Classified, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but there was talk by Caroline Wilson that the Demons were on a nine o'clock curfew, that the players have been spoken to about being back at the hotel, uh, the team hotel, preferably having dinner together and not just going ad hoc off to restaurants. And there have been a few sightings of blokes all around town in various restaurants and stuff. And that's not party boys. That's just blokes just getting out and getting some fresh air. It's a concern, suggested concern that of a COVID type yeah, scenario. Yeah, If in case something I think flared so. up, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I get that. Oh, yeah. I, so I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I want to... Gary and Tim this morning spoke to Gary Pert from the football club, of course, from the Melbourne Demons, the CEO. This is... His response to any talk of a curfew story. This was on Gary and Tim this morning. There's been a bit of talk about that. I think it's just a sensible thing. It's just a reminder that, 
you know, we've come over to Perth to, uh, you know, take the cup back home. We're here to do a job. Um, yes, we've got a bit more flexibility because we're, we're out of isolation, so we can move around during the day. Um, but let's just be sensible and come back and have our meals back here at night and then sleep in our rooms and be back at a reasonable time. We've got some Perth players, so if they want to spend time with their families over dinner, great. But again, everyone back at the resort. And, you know, that just it hasn't been a big deal at all. Okay, so is it hard and fast? You've got to be back in your rooms uh, by 9 o'clock each night? Well, it's just, boys, let's just make it that we're all back here at 9. There's no punishments. There's no, you know, no yep. one's been upset by it or, or um, you know, we're not sitting there at the doors counting who's uh, in the rooms. Um, everyone's been very reasonable about it. But, uh, you know, if someone come back at five past nine, we're, we're not going to worry about that. That was Gary Pitt. So that's a curfew. Oh, yeah, but he's not strictly enforcing it, is he? He said there we're going to be pretty relaxed. with. I mean, this curfews for mine are uh, kindergarten stuff. If you If you have to if you for any reason have to say to grown men that's a curfew there's an issue already before it even gets broken some of those kids are young in footy clubs yeah but i don't know they, they, they're, they're not married with kids a lot of them no they're boys and they've all of a sudden gone from lockdown and hubs to a little bit more freedom they're going oh let's get out yep. I'm, not, I'm not saying they're at the avenue or you know Clubber or wherever they wherever they go down. Those are, <laughs> which clubs? Did you, which clubs did you frequent in those uh, days? Mate? I was um, rumours. Yeah, oh, silver slipper. I never went, Gilly. I was a dag in the corner, mate. I was a dag, and I got. Did you get on the big hippo, the hippie yeah, club, yeah, on the no, Sunday night once, once, and got threatened to be throttled, so I didn't go again. I went there as a young New South Wales cricketer, and we lost our best player that night, Greg Matthews. <laughs> he didn't play again all season. Uh, I know you're busy and you've got to go because you're preparing for tomorrow's show and uh, yeah. a very big grand final edition of Ooh. Gillian Goss. Preparation which is started. You threw up yesterday that you think Pat Cummins would be well positioned on Waitley in regards to being, if if, if a captain is required for Tim Payne, doesn't yep. get back from the neck, you think it's Cummins? I think he's the front runner in in the uh, the mindset of those that are going to make this decision. That's that's my take on it. But yeah, you know, who knows when it'll be? Whether it's an injury to Tim or this surgery or when he retires at the end of this summer or next summer. But oh, I think at at the moment, Pat is probably the guy they turn to. Road to Ashes pod was Glenn McGrath had this to say on Steve Smith. Uh, there's a few people that may or disagree or agree with me, but uh, to me, he's the next. He's the obvious choice. Uh, if you take it for uh, who should, on, on merit, yep. uh, should, who should be captain. So, anyway, it's going to be interesting to see how Tim Payne pulls up and, and what, what they do. Yeah. Um, on merit. I don't know if they were the right words because wasn't he the captain at the time? <laughs> I mean, that's not merit. He didn't earn merit for that. That's why he lost his gig. The fast bowling cartel are going <laughs> to get lit up on the back of those comments from McGrath. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, between six and eight, you yes. are back in this studio in that very chair. Who is the Friday focus for our wonderful friends at Otis Eyewear? Well, we are on the cricket theme with uh, the big bice and local boy Mitch Marsh. Nice. Who, uh, yes, looking forward to that. He's a, a very... He's been much maligned. A lot of people have sort of uh, feel like he's had too good a run, too much opportunity at the Australian level, but he showed on this recent tour that he stood up when the rest of them were getting knocked over. Uh, terrific bloke, really popular with his teammates. A good chat, nice, honest, 
young fella. And you're working on something special, which we'll talk about tomorrow. Yeah, that's tomorrow right. Show about for, the grand for, final. for the one the week later. That's brewing really nicely. Can't wait Excited. For that. Hey, thanks for dropping in. Great Pleasure, mate. mate. Good on you, mate. Try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. It is roasted in Melbourne. It's crafted by baristas. It's smooth, rich, and with a hint of sweet berry. Let's get some news. Welcome back. Thanks, April. 14.2 degrees in town. And, uh, well, we did get to 15 and a bit earlier today, but it has uh, backed off and that breeze is coming in sideways. Lucky the grand final's not this weekend. If you want to be in Goss Lotto, now is the time. 0487 736 736. I've got the hot little ticket in my hot little hand and we are in the Powerball draw tonight. If you want to play, don't hesitate. 0487 736 736. Tell us who you are. We are listening to our show. That would be great. We've got a lot of people listening on the app today. Not as many in the southwest. Well, maybe you are listening in the southwest, but you've just run out of a bit of ticker. You think that we, you know, because we haven't won a million bucks with our Goss Lotto so far. But let me tell you, it is a patience game. Lucky Lotto is nothing more than a patience game. So if you want to play, 0487 736 and you will be in our syndicate. Anything more than $500, and we divide it amongst the great unwashed. Anything less goes to our chosen charity, and that is Ronald McDonald House, thanks to the team at Maccas who do an amazing job. Sunkist in Melville wants to play. Good on you, Sunkist. Cheech in Averley says, let them drop off, Goss. That means more money for us. Very good. And Paul living way down in Esperance wants to play. Marty from Busso. Zach listening on the app in uh, wants to play in Willerton. He's on the Goss Lotto bandwagon as well. You can too. 0487 736 736. Last night, footy classified. Matthew Lloyd and what's his name? Ross Lyon. I forgot his name. I thought it was Gary. Ross Lyon uh, spoke on the captains and the handing over of captains. And can you believe it? They even threw in the handover captaincy at Fremantle, Nat Fife. This was from Footy Classified last night. And it's got me thinking, where else could there be changes, Caro, in this competition after what Trent Cochin has done? And, and for all these guys, it's about how can they play their best football next year? And five, Eight more. Eight more captains. Uh, I think Stephen Canelio, it's a massive decision. And it would surprise me if he still was the captain. Joel, do you do the similar thing that what Trent Cochin has done? You'd think Geary. Jack Steele's the perfect captain. Doherty's had his health concerns, so it'd be an issue. Uh, Whitson Swallow, I think, took Miller is an ideal candidate. Pendlebury's coming to the end of his time. Would he do the same as what Cochin's done and the same for Zeeble? Uh, Nathan Fife's an interesting one, Ross. He's 30 in three days' time. Who would jump out at you at that club if it wasn't Fife? Uh, Alex Pearce or Brayshaw for okay. me. Yeah. 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 And so, w- would you make a change now? I'm not sure. If Nathan wants to lead, I think he's good enough to drag them through. But he carries enormous responsibility. It just might lighten the load on him. He'll still lead, but it's up to others to drive the standard. You've got Monday there in Fife. A bit like the Jack Graham. You've got the support. Maybe it's time. I think Brayshaw's a bit young, but could do it, and, and Alex Pierce could certainly do it. Scott Pendlebury, Ed? I'd make him assistant coach. Buying assistant. Captain coach or assistant coach? Assistant coach. Okay. Oh, well, unless you want to get a coach, I'd make him coach. But I'd make him assistant Taylor Adams. I'd make him assistant coach. Yeah, Taylor Adams yeah. or uh, Jeremy Howe, very yeah. strong in there. Um, there's a few good young fellas coming through, but they've got a young group. So if, if uh, Pendles was still there, I wouldn't be disappointed. That was the discussion last night about the captaincy of a lot of those AFL clubs. Do you agree or disagree or agree? 13 12 55 if you'd like to call the open line or 0487 736 736. Also, Sporting Goss has a Twitter handle. If you want to follow us on Twitter, please do. And more importantly than that, 
Download the SEN app and you can listen to any of our interviews, our whole show in its entirety, of course, which means whole show in entirety, same thing. It's, um, what's that called um, when you um, double up? It's um, when you, uh, it is a, um, what's the word I'm looking for when you double up on something of the same meaning? Anyway, someone will think of it. Uh, Starry from Mullaloo wants to play Gosselotto and Keith Gilbert from Collie. Now, if I remember rightly, that might be the Gilbert from the racing stable, Chris Gilbert and Keith Gilbert from Collie, who trained some nice horses, yellow with blue, um, a blue V. They've been very, very good. They uh, did a bit of a, a northwest sojourn this year and had a bit of success. And there's not too many uh, race meetings in the southwest that don't saddle up a horse down there. So if that's you, Keith and Chris, thank you for listening to our show. And I'm sure you're listening on SEN Spirit as well. 0487 736 736. Josh Bruce, injured bulldog, had this to say, nine news about getting a medal if the bulldogs are to win the premiership. Perhaps we should go to the NFL or the NBA model and everyone gets a ring, everyone gets a medal. That'd be good. So, Gil. <laughs> and that's Josh Bruce. Of course, he won't be getting one if his team win. Do you agree with that? Tautology, thank you. Thank you to those people. Tautology, nice work. Well done to uh, uh, that uh, listener who texted me. It's a tautology where you say the same thing twice. So the entire game and um, the full game is the same thing, entirety and full. Tautology. You, Sarah, nothing gets past our listeners right here. Uh, so if you wish to be a part of anything on this show, don't forget, get in touch with 0487 736 736 on the text. Follow us on the app. Download SEN, of course, the app, or get onto sen.com.au and listen to our podcasts. Uh, get our numbers up. We want to have some great support from you. You listen to us on the app live. You listen to us on SEN Spirit. Listen to us on SEN Peel on the DAB or you listen to on 657 SEN Track. We'd love you to get behind us. Dave from Sorrento would be like to be a part of it. Yes, Tautology in capital letters. Thank you. Look at the support we're getting on the text line. Good that you're out there. Hey, a break. Coming back. Get your pen and paper ready because Riley Morgan, Riley Morgan, Life of Riley, has got winners for us at Belmont on Saturday. This kid is a superstar. He knows more about horses than he does about footy. He's a league football with Claremont. Well, he was until last week when he got dropped, but he might be back in the lineup. Life of Riley next. Stay with us. This is Sporting Goss. It's 21 away from 12. Uh, it's that time of day. This has got a massive following because this man is in red-hot form. Last week, he tipped a horse called River Rubicon to win oh, at the races at, I think it was Northam. He tipped Ginger Flyer. Oh, he had Divine Beast. He had Come Magic. Media Baron didn't know. And he just, he just was absolutely tipping the joint down. And we did also mention to him very kindly, good luck playing for the league team against Claremont. You didn't play. I turned on the TV and you weren't even out there. What was going on, Morgan? I oh, know, mate. I was dropped, sadly. So I uh, ended up having a having a day to watch the boys and watch the races. So it wasn't the worst result at the end of the day. No, very good. All right. And you've been in form and you've got a... Uh, how often have you ever tipped a horse? It's been beaten and uh, you've gone cocoa bananas. You're unhappy with... Uh, and all of a sudden, there's a protest. And then all of a sudden, it's upheld. Ka-ching, ka-ching for you, Riley Morgan. 
Oh, I was saying to a mate that it's the first protest I've ever won and it's the first wolf horse I've ever caught. So it was uh, <laughs> the start of the line, the start of the line for the first time, which was good. All righty. Now, we are heading to Belmont, of course, and the fields are starting to get bigger. We spoke to Simon Miller yesterday. He said, you wait till you see the trials next week. Some of the horses from all the stables, the big boys are out to play. So we are preparing. You like this card a lot in fact, you sent me a message saying, I could have tipped on every race. You love it that much. But we've restricted you to four races. What do you like about this meeting? Oh, there's just plenty of depth to it. Like, there's plenty of angles. Um, there's horses that are obviously getting back onto a sort of a softer deck, which I think will really sort of relish that these sort of conditions. I'm expecting probably a soft six, soft seven. And I think there's a fair bit of value around. All right, looking forward to that one. Gee, the track's playing strange, isn't it? Near the rail or not quite near the rail, just off. But if you can be the inside horse on the in, the closest to the rail inside pad and be somewhere near the lead, you've got to be in contention because it's it's playing real strange. Not a lot of horses are uh, whooshing home down the outside. Yeah, it's the, probably the biggest question mark at the moment. Um, it's obviously the track's a little bit tired after a pretty long mm. season and uh, the last sort of three meetings have all been pretty pretty rail hot. So, uh Hopefully, this Saturday we get we end a run of outs and we get back to a sort of even playing field. But judging by the last sort of three or four three or four meetings, it's pretty hard to predict. I see the um, the former curator uh, Nation uh, has wound up at Newcastle Jockey Club. Yeah, he has. He has. I think they're still looking for someone to take over at uh, Perth Racing. They haven't found anyone yet, to my knowledge, anyway. So uh, that'll be something they'll want to sort out over the next sort of three four months. Yeah, it uh, is a tough gig during both those tracks. All right, let's get our teeth into these. We can't keep you waiting much longer. You do like one in race three on the program. This is over the 1,000. Yeah, I thought this was a race in two. And given that the favourite is under even money at the moment, sitting around $1.85, $1.90, I'm more than happy to side with Snipperlicious, who was scratched from a very winnable midweek race yesterday to save for this. On paper, his form actually reads pretty terrible, if I'm honest, from his previous couple of preps. But the trial behind who I think is going to be one of the top three-year-olds in the state, Ruthless Tycoon, was superb and one of, one of a horse who's just come back better. I will admit the wetter the better for the fave. And if we jump on a soft seven, he does look really hard to beat. But if we can miss a few mils, go around on a soft five or six, Snipperlicious trial was on rain affected and the fave is giving him five and a half kilos. He's definitely worth backing at around that $8, $9 mark. All righty. Race three, Snipperlicious at Belmont. Life of Riley. Riley Morgan, I hope you're writing these down. Always gamble responsibly. Let's go to race five on the program. And interesting, Chris Parnham, who uh, is riding for Michael Lane, La Farola. But you've uh, tipped the horse that he actually rode to victory last start, Bad Wolf. Yeah, I thought this race would definitely divide opinion between the sort of top few elects in the market. And I'm going to side with the horse from the Money Mailer Yard in Bad Wolf, who I think is just flying. And what bodes well for him here, I feel, is coming out of that last win, once they passed that sort of 600 mark, they really picked up and went at a real frantic tempo in the run home. And he's had to go around all of them from last. Such was the strength of that win, which I don't think he has to do here from the draw. You've got horses alike as Harry Thomas, Dictator, Karanis, and Mr. Delegator all engaged, so you know that this is going to be run at a very serious clip. The three weeks between runs has been working an absolute treat for him, and I really can't fault this sort of setup for him. Fangio's had everything go right that could have first up. Luff Roller in a fast run mile. I'm not completely sold on, although she had genuine excuses last start, and I'm happy to be with the Wolf. Bad Wolf race five on the program. Race seven is the Nicolopolis Stakes. 
and the very, very talented and rising star of racing, the Luke Fernie trained IC Red, IC Red at this stage is the early favourite. But you've gone for two horses. You like two in the race, and that's not one of them. Yeah, interesting market, this one, Goss. Um, I thought when you compare the runs from the Jolly Beggar, which was the main sort of form reference for this, and the fact that Charlton Eddie gets a two-kilo swing on Icy Red, Icy Red, the fact that Charlton Eddie is longer in the market and only 50 cents shorter in the market than a horse the likes of Son of a God, who I give absolutely no chance, is just wrong for mine, was by far the more superior of the two runs. And if you could guarantee me that Charlton Eddie were to find the top here, I'd just about be chips in, but... That's not how racing works, sadly. I just hope that Turner's aggressive from the gate and tries to find the top and think he might see the favourite ridden with the intention of finding some cover this time around, especially given I think he's a little suspect at the 1,200 metres, which is Charlton Eddy's bread and butter trip and keen that he can turn the tables. Okay, Charlton Eddy. But, but yeah, uh, Crystal Spirit, a horse that owes us nothing. Owes us nothing. I also wanted to touch on Crystal Spirit with the alternative form lines and... If you have a look at that last start second to Captain Chaos, if you haven't watched the replay, I suggest you do because it was one of the more extraordinary last 600s you will see to almost pinch that race. Obviously, it's not ideal when a horse misses the step, but he seems to step much better under O'Donnell, hence why they might have opted not to claim here with Lactar if they're allowed to sort of claim this race. I'm not sure. And if you can land at the rear, blending in with something to take him into the race, if they can make ground down the middle of the track, I have no doubt he can let rip and run over the top of these. And 13 to $14 is a huge price to be finding out. All righty. So there it is there. Sound very bullish about Charlton Eddy, but uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's a blowout within the form of Crystal Spirit. And we go to the last race nine on the program and you're jumping back into bed with the Money Maley stable. High pressure, thousand, soggy track. So ready-made setup for all-day session here in the last. I thought he was very unlucky last start when held up at a crucial stage. And if you watch the replay, he also dips quite badly halfway down the straight. But once he sort of balances up, he just chews ground off them late. The speed coming from all over the shop here, meaning you can almost guarantee a three-deep moving line. If a will, I can just park him in that three deep with cover line and be the one having the last crack at them. He'll definitely be showing his hand late in the piece. Let's go, girl. Yeah, well, a thousand metre traditionally isn't her go, nor is a genuinely wet deck, but I simply have to have something on Glasgow Girl at double figures off the back of her trial mm. leading into this fresh assignment. The way she hit the line untouched in one of the hotter 930-metre trials you'll see is one of a horse in for a very, very good preparation, I think, Goss. Drawn well, can hold, hold a spot. I just can't let her go around without something on. All right, from the Brad Graham stable. All right, races three, five, seven, and nine. Write these down. Race three, Snippalicious. Race five, Bad Wolf. Race seven, Charlton Eddie with a watching brief on double figure odds, Crystal Spirit. Race nine, all day session, and Glasgow Girl, if not this start, but certainly in the future. Now, we're going to Northern today, and I noticed that you didn't message me a winner or three, and the horse that I liked today, uh, but should have known straight away as soon as it started to rain that it wasn't going to make the trip up, of course, and that is Yulong Earth, which was going around in race six. I liked it at each way odds first up, but I think the wet track was a bit of a turn-off for uh, Mark Bairstow. Do you like anything at all up there at the Avon today? Yeah, I think uh, Roman Fuert would be terribly hard to beat in the last, but I'm more interested in seeing how these uh, Simon Miller hot trialers go around mm. earlier in the day. I think that would make for some uh, very interesting viewing for sure. Yeah, well, we spoke to him yesterday and he said he does like Noble Bourne, thinks it's a nice horse, but he said he wouldn't be selling the house. 
So there you go. That might be a bit of a lead. But uh, you never know with the Mayor of Subiaco. He might be putting us all on a smelly path. Hey, appreciate your time. You're in rare tipping form. And if I don't see you playing league football on the weekend, are you in the Resi's finals as well, you blokes? Yes, we are. We are. We're playing off to get into a grand final this weekend, this Sunday. Whatever, whatever you do, mate, get a kick, play well. And more importantly, back a few winners and gamble responsibly. Riley Morgan, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Goss. Yeah, Have a good one, mate. Yeah, he's a good man. He's a very big part of what we do, and he's got a very big following here on Sporting Goss. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. It's so three minutes away from the top of the hour. Thanks for your company today and your last chance. You've literally got three minutes to text the number 0487 736 736 if you want to be in Goss Lotto tonight. $8 million up for grabs. Anything more than 500 will we divide amongst you, the lucky listeners, or the great unwashed, as we like to call you, or if it's less than 500, goes to Ronald McDonald House Charity. Text now, 0487 736 736. If you text after midday, you won't be getting through. 0487 736 736 is the number. So tickets sold out within nine minutes for the grand final. Lots of heartache stories. Oh, well. Uh, and uh, it's going to be big, and you'll hear all the action on AFL Nation. And a reminder, if you're coming to the grand final on Saturday week, download the SEN app. Put your pods in, have a listen, and you'll hear play-by-play, no delay. The SEN exclusive stadium call, no delay, no buffering. You get it courtesy of the Optus Stadium Wi-Fi. Everyone tries to be like us, but they're not. We're ahead of the game. So if you want to come to the footy, make sure you do. Also, SEN track, 11.30, Saturday at the Sporting Globe, Belmont. Miles Fitzner will be there from SEN track. I'll be there. It is going to be huge. $100 a ticket. Get your food, get your drink, get you in the punters club. You want to be involved in that? Get on to sen.com.au forward slash sen track. Going to be a massive crowd. We're going to have a lot of fun as well. Hey, don't forget, tomorrow morning, Gillian Goss from 6 o'clock, Danny Southern, Russell Robinson, Mitch Marsh, and your chance to win prizes galore. Make sure you're listening from 6 on Spirit. SEN Track, SENWA or SEN Peel. Thanks for your company. Well done, Dave. You did a great job today in place of Alex. And thank you to Special K. Back tomorrow from 6 in the morning. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91